This morning, if you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn with me. Before we turn there, though, we're going to be kind of in the middle of the book. Uh, but we're not in Philippians. We're, we're actually going to a new book. I can't tell you just yet. Is Wednesday? Is Wednesday? Wednesday's the first. I'll tell the group here on Wednesday night. If you're not coming to Wednesday night, let me encourage you to come. You're missing a blessing. Come on Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to do something different this coming Wednesday. It's not reading through a book. It's going to be reading through a section. So y'all, Lord kind of changed me on that one. I was going to be in Thessalonians, but the Lord has changed it. So y'all come and I'll put it out there on, on Facebook and in the forums and different places so that you'll know how and know where to be, be reading. My thing is be reading God's Word. Stay in the Word of God, y'all. Stay in it. Don't let a day go by that you're not in the Word that should be convicting. Stay in the Word of God. You know, you're, you know if you are or not. And here's the thing. You can. You can do this. It's not like you can't. You can do this. So get in the Word. This, this past week I was sitting here thinking. I was reading through and I was just reading all over the place. And I dropped down in this spot here. And, and a word, two words actually came to my mind. It was what if. What if. You ever say that a lot? What if. What if things had been different? What if this would have happened? What if this would have happened? You ever, you ever play that in your mind? Sometimes it can be a dangerous place to go, the whole what if game. Um, but think through scripture. What if, what if Eve hadn't have eaten apple or the fruit? What if? what if? What if Adam had have stood up and said, hey, hey, honey, stop. And run over there and stomp that snake's head or serpent's head. I mean, what if? What if, uh, let's, let's go on through, just keep on working through Scripture. What if Noah hadn't have been a righteous man and God looked down and all the wor our world was really, really, really bad? And what if uh, Noah hadn't been living like he was? What if Abraham, when God came to him and said, hey, I want you to get up and I want you to leave your home, what if he hadn't have? What if God, when he went to Abraham and he said, look, I want you to go and sacrifice your son, what if he hadn't have gone up on that mountain and be willing what if, what if, keep, keep working on through, you go into, uh, what if, uh, what Joshua and Caleb hadn't have said, we want that mountain, give us that mountain, we'll go in. What if the other 10 had to come on board? You know, what if those, what if all 12 would have said, let's go? Imagine how things could have changed if people, what if, you can work all the way through scripture. What if, I, I thought about this one, um, David and Goliath. What if David that morning, his daddy said, hey, I want you to take this. I always visualize it as crackers and cheese. I want you to take these cheeses to the boys out on the front lines working. What if David hadn't have done that? What if David hadn't have been there at that moment and listened to Goliath saying things about his God and talking about his God? What if, what if? What if? What if people would have been more obedient? What if people hadn't have? What if, take Paul. Paul was zealous and he was passionate. And, and on, the road to, on the road to Damascus, what if that energy had already been for the Lord? What if his life had already been spent? What if, I mean, you can just go on and on and on. What if uh, Moses, back on the backside of the 40, uh, pasture in the fields with Jethro, his uncle, and he's sitting there and, and God comes to him. What if he'd have spent the early part of his years? Go to Jonah. I, was, I, I dropped into an interesting, this whole what if came with Jonah this past week. 
This whole, this whole idea, I was, I was just reading, I was just, I was just popping in places, reading different spots, just, just dropping in areas. You know, I'd been, I'd read my Philippians and I dropped into Psalms for a while and I dropped into the Old Testament and, and I, I was just dropping around and I dropped into Jonah three, go to Jonah three. And I started thinking about us and I started thinking, what if, what if? And I started thinking about application and Lord's laying on my heart, not just talk about it, but actually doing it. Look at Jonah 3. Let's read the whole thing. Let's read this whole thing. Jonah chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I'm going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began going through the city one day's walk and he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. So here comes Jonah. He goes to Nineveh. He's walking up and down the city and, and he's saying, repent, repent, you're about to be destroyed. And word starts getting out. People start hearing the message. People start hearing the news. And the people of Nineveh believed in God. Wow. Wow. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God. And it said, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his house, thrown, laid aside his robe from his from him covered himself with sackcloth and sat in the ashes. And he issued a proclamation and it said, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water, but both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth. And let the men call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. When God saw, look at verse 10, when God saw their deeds that they turned from their wicked ways. Then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Wow! Isn't that amazing? God's about to destroy a group of people. He's about to come through and destroy them in 40 days. He says, look, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah goes into Nineveh. He runs through, repent, repent. You're about to be destroyed. They, they, they repent of everybody from the youngest to the oldest, the king. Everybody repents and God changes his mind. God doesn't destroy it. What if chapter 1 and 2 wasn't there? Imagine what if chapter 1 and 2 was not there. Guys, what if we who, you know what happens in one or two? You notice in chapter three there, and again, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. We know why, because he, he had done come to him the first time in chapter one. And in chapter one, he says, hey, you, I need you to go to the people of Nineveh, and I need you to run up and down the streets preaching that they need to repent because I'm about to destroy them. And what did Jonah do? He ran. 
You can read down through it. He is consciously, he is deliberately, he, is, he makes conscious, grown-up decisions. He goes to the ticket booth, says, I want a ticket. He gets the ticket, goes, hands it to the ship person, goes, gets in the ship, goes down to the bottom, and he is, he is sailing away from what God has told him to do. And you know what? God catches him. In chapter 2, he's thrown aside, he's thrown into the water, he's down in the belly of the whale, and he repents and he cries out, but guys, he had to hit absolute rock bottom. What if we don't have to hit rock bottom? What if we don't? What if we just skip one and two and go to three? What if? What if we in this very room, what if the church today, what if believers in Northport, Tuscaloosa, Northside, Sipsy, and everywhere in between church members, followers of Jesus, what if they skipped one and two of Jonah and just went on to three and just did what God said to do? Guys, look at what he did. He saved people's lives. He saved his life. Here's what we do. We look at Jonah as a sermon. I preached Jonah so, 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 so many times. And you know how I preach it? We serve a God of second chances. We serve a God who, look, lets you, lets you run sometimes and lets you fall flat on your face sometimes. And he dusts us off and puts us right back in the game sometimes. But why do we have to run from him? Why do we have to do all of that? What if we just said, okay, Lord, I hear you. This past Thursday morning, I was with the students at County High, and I told them, I'm like, Isaiah 6. What was Isaiah's response? Here I am, Lord, send me. Guys, every single day we wake up, every day we're given new breath and new life, our response should be just that. Here I am, Lord, send me. I'll go. I'll go. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to go. Lord, here I go. What if, what if we stopped playing one and have to go through two and we just simply trusted the God of chapter three? You get to the very end of the book and 120,000 people's lives were saved because, the, because a man finally became obedient. You know, we wonder in our country and in our culture and in our world and in our own situation, maybe even, let's bring it all the way down, maybe even into our own home and maybe even our own marriage and relationship with parents and kids and all. What if we just did what the Bible said? What if we stopped Chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amate, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness, wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. What if, what if, Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights, we call out men and women, boys and girls, first name only, that we best we can tell by their lifestyle, by what they've said. Some of them by just what they, they admit, I don't know Christ. What if instead of praying for them, we went to them and shared Christ with them? 
God's laying them on our heart. Yeah, but I don't know what to say. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to do the wrong thing, and I don't want to lead them the wrong way. I promise you, if, you're, if you are going in the name of Jesus, you're not going to say the wrong thing. What if, what if as scary as hell is really scared us as much as it should? What if hell really scared us? Jesus spent far more time talking about hell than he ever talked about heaven. What if, what if we put into action, whether it's witnessing, whether it's loving, whether it's serving, whether it's surrendering, whether it's sacrificing, what if we put into action this? What if, you know, I think about, I thought about Moses. What if, what if Moses hadn't slowed down to look at that burning bush? Guys, how many of us have burning bushes all around us? Burning bushes happen every single day and we just denied ourselves and denied our agendas and denied our own, our own, this is what I'm doing and this is where I'm supposed to be and this is my plan. And what if we simply said, Lord, I'll go. Because here's the thing, we serve a God of chapter 3. We serve a God who will relent. We, will, we serve a God who will transform lives of people who, and who are destined for a devil's hell, destined for destruction. It doesn't matter how bad they are. It doesn't matter how far they've run away. It does not matter how messed up a patch they find themselves in. There's still hope because there's still life in them. What if, church, we didn't look to the Jonas of the Word and we looked at the, that the, at the God of the Word and said, you know what, Lord, I believe that, God, I believe that you can bring revival. I believe that you can bring revival in me. I believe it can start in me. I think it can start in my home. I'm just going to simply start praying. I'm going to simply start studying my Word. I'm going to consider simply start running after you with everything I am. I'm going to simply apply everything your Holy Spirit in the, in the, in the, in the power. I like that, that word. That, that word in y'all is special. That, that line, that, that sort of thing. It's not me doing it. It's God in me. From now on, it's going to be God in me doing it. It's going to be Jesus in me doing it. What if we just said, Jesus, from this day on, from the rest of my life, I'm going to let you do it. Could Jonah 3 happen around us? Could we start seeing the people who are, who are in sin turn back to the God who sent them hope? Could it possibly happen? It can. The Jonah 3 God is still there. He's still saying, hey, I'm telling you to get up and go to them. Get up and go talk to them. Get up and mention it to them. Get up and love on them. Serve them. Minister to them. Do this. Hey, a second time, a third time, a fourth time. We don't just have to run. 
We don't just have to, have to, I hear you, God, but I'm not qualified. I hear you, God, but I'm scared. I hear you, God, but I don't know what to say. I hear you, but, but that's just not my thing. I hear you, God, but that's for somebody else. What if we didn't run the opposite direction? What if we didn't have to hit rock bottom as the chapter 2 teaches? What if we just simply said, I hear the word of the Lord's coming. It may be the second time it comes. For many of us, it may be the 232nd time, and that's okay. Because here's the deal. The God of chapter 3 will still save people. The God of chapter 3 will still save the souls of people and change the lives and direction and, and eternal destination of people. Good people. Good people. Really good people. Think about the really good people around you. I'm talking about the good ones. Give you the coat off their back. They're, you know what you got to need? They're, they fill up bottles all the time. They're really good people. They're not Christians. They're just really good people. You know where they're going? They're going to hell. You're mean, preacher. No, I'm just telling you. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me, exclusively through me. It doesn't make them, doesn't matter if they're good. Doesn't matter how long they lived, how many people they've helped. Did they know Christ? What if that bothered us? What if I did my my doctoral whatever you want to call it, thesis or whatever? It was small group leadership. But it all hinged on the Holy Spirit. What I mean by that is I equipping select group of people to be small group leaders, giving them small group leadership skills. And here's the deal. Everything about what we do, you can have you can have a believer in the classroom, you can have a believer teaching, you can have a believer in the pews, you can have a person who knows Jesus in the pews, who loves Jesus with all their hearts in the church and in the world and all over the place. They can be born again. They can be a passionate follower of Christ. They can study their Bible constantly. They can pray. They can hunger and thirst for righteousness. But only the Holy Spirit of God can create the burden for lost people in that individual. Only the Holy Spirit of God, because here's the deal. This is just a sermon. This is just a message. This is just a, this is just a talk. If the Holy Spirit doesn't blow through this place and break the hearts of people over the lostness of those around us. It's just a talk. Good people, Christians, believers... Trusted Christ, knows we're eternal, names written in the Lamb's book of life, believes in Jesus with all their heart, soul, trusts Him, runs after Him, hungers for Him, but only the Holy Spirit of God can break the hearts of people and give them a burden for lost. 
give them a burden for the lostness of the world around them. It's a mystery. Salvation is a mystery. How he uses people is a mystery. What if? What if the Spirit of God is saying, hey, I want to use you. What if the Spirit of God is saying to you, I want to use you. You know what happened this past Sunday? No, this past Wednesday night, I'm up there with the students. Casey's out front. I'm back there in the back. And I say, I just out of the blue, Lord laid this on my heart. I'm like, is anybody in here? Does anybody in this room feel called to ministry? Feel like the Holy Spirit of God is drawing you into ministry. We had two students raise their hand. That is absolutely amazing. Guys, there's lost people all around us. What if, what if we listen to what's being said right now? And I know the response. I know the reaction. I know the the human fleshly side of it is this. I don't know what to say. I'll mess up. I don't feel qualified. I, 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 I just don't feel comfortable. I, I don't. Um, I can't talk in front of people. I, I've met all of you. <laughs> None of you have a talking problem. You can run your mouth with the best of them. What if, what if the God of chapter 3 is still saying, hey, you, folks all around you, you don't have to keep hiding, you don't have to, you don't have to play this thing, you don't have to, whatever, I think, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks regrets, regrets. You know, I ain't talking about regretting. You know, I wish I'd have spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd have, I'd have spent more time with my wife. I wish I'd have spent more time doing this and spent more time doing that. Or, you know what, I wish I'd have... I wish I would have allowed the Spirit of God to take over my life far sooner. I wish I would have surrendered myself completely far sooner. I wish I would have been as bold in my walk with Christ as I am in all the useless things. I wish I would have, I wish I would have just been sold out more to Christ. What if? What if? What if? 120,000 people 120,000 people's lives were spared because one man heeded the call and went. And here's the thing. We know chapter 4. But we don't serve the man of chapter 4. We serve the God who, who saves and transforms lives of that entire book. 